All Bucks fans, it's that time again. We appreciate you logging on to pewterpirates.com. This is our podcast, A Few Extra Bucks. You kind of get the title. We're going to give you a few extra thoughts on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I am Mike Neighbors, along with my partner, Mr. Roy Cummings, our Bucks insider. And I always get a kick, Roy. We, we talked about this, you know, really during the month of the draft. We talked about it during OTAs, and I'll talk about it now. You know, it, the NFL, to me, this is why they're king, because people actually care that they're running around in shorts and every little move is kind of magnified. Ooh, Chris Godwin made a great catch. Or how about that play by Deshaun Jackson? I mean, the guys inside can't do anything right now. There is really uh, nothing <laughs> else like it in in, in sports. Yeah. I mean, the opening day of spring training yeah. isn't like this. Pitchers and catches report. It's always exciting. Yeah. Um, to a baseball fan, that's a great moment. But Hockey isn't the same way. No. NBA basketball is not the same way. College basketball is not the same. Not even college football is the same way. But you tell people that there's a mandatory mini camp, and oh my gosh, everybody <laughs> thinks it's like Christmas just arrived in June. And you know, and it's at the end of the day when you look at it, it's just a bunch of guys. As you said, it's underwear football. It is still. They can't yes. go out there and they can't hit. They're not in pads. They're not. In, you know, they're not hitting anybody. They're they're basically just going through what is a practice routine mm-hmm. every day, and it's just incredible. People get so excited about it. They want to know. I, I it, it's there's there's some gene in us apparently that's developed <laughs> over the years that uh, has made uh, most sports fans yeah. interested in football, even when it's not football. And the image that I have that stays with me in the Bucks mini camp is Brent Grimes off to the side doing his thing, participating with the cornerbacks, but kicking around the football like he's getting ready to watch the World Cup, like it's a soccer ball. I've been through this 10 times. I get it. But you know what? I have to be here or I'll get fined. And, I, you know, I think it's always magnified to me if veterans miss OTAs. And I get why they have to be here for minicamp. you got to bring the team together and kind of have that, you know, final seminar, I guess, before you you adjourn and, and you know, re-adjourn for, for minicamp, I mean, for training camp. But that was the image for me that kind of typified how veterans feel about this. Yeah, and, you know, a guy like JPP um, – you know, Jason Pierre-Paul, who, who new to the team, you would like to see him here. Last year was Desha- Deshaun Jackson. Uh, shows up for the mandatory minicamp again because it's mandatory. They don't yeah. want to lose any money off of this. Um, you know, but they, they realize, look, veterans, they know how to prepare for the season. Um, really, the truth is, look, OTAs are for everybody. There's no question about that. But they are more important for someone who's learning a new position, learning a new technique. Um, right now, I don't think Brent Grimes is going to do anything different in the way he plays football. Uh, so he doesn't have to necessarily have to come out. He knows what he has to do to, to perfect his technique. Yeah. Training camp for a guy like him is going to be plenty. Same with a guy like Jason Pierre-Paul. Most of these players, truth be known. Um, certain players do have to be here, and it's important to them. But you're right. Yeah, I mean, again, it's uh, it's one of those things where, yeah, you got to be here, and it looks good if you're here. It looks better if you're here. If you're not here, you don't want to become the story because you're not here. So everybody shows, and they make them do it. And, uh, you know, it's all part of the CBA, really. That's what's yeah. driven. And I, I suppose if the players had it their way, they, they wouldn't have mandatory mini camps because right. uh, it's a bit of a pain to them. But at the end of the day, you know what? Work is done. It's important. Again, as I said in some of our previous podcasts, and go back and look at them if you haven't listened to them, <laughs> um, uh, you know, jobs are won here. Yeah. And this is the final culmination for a lot of players who could win a job. I mean, when, when this is done, the coaches and the staff, the, the general manager, Jason Light, everybody else are going to get together. They're going to look at the tape and they're going to make a final decision. 
did somebody actually win a job here during these OTA sessions, during these mini camp uh, and off-season workouts? Did somebody actually play well enough to to push somebody aside and move uh, and move somebody else to another position? So these are important. Jobs can be won and jobs can be lost here, and they are. And I'm sure that you know, we'll find out here in the next month or two that yeah, somebody won or lost a job here during this training camp or mini camp rather uh, here this week. And we talked about this on our vlog a recap in minicamp that, you know, Deshaun Jackson, it's more important for him to be here than a JPP or a Brent Grimes. And it really is to me, you know, in so many ways, you know, people talk about all the time, well, you know, Jameis Winston's thrown a football his whole life and Deshaun Jackson's caught a football. I've heard media members even say that, but chemistry, this is where you build it. And yeah. they obviously didn't have that a year ago. Jameis knows he's got to get better with the deep ball. And Deshaun Jackson, as Dirk Cutter mentioned at the owners meetings, They've charted how many times they had missed opportunities with him. So, you know, we can laugh at OTAs being underwear and all that stuff. But if you're a wide receiver and a quarterback, it's different than being a defensive player. Yeah, it really is. And it's the same for a couple of different positions. I think uh, defensive line a little bit, offensive line yeah. for sure. But uh, no more, nowhere else is it more important than for a quarterback and a wide receiver to develop chemistry. And that has to be done during the offseason because, you know, everybody, no matter what your relationship, whether it's you and your wife, you and your partner, who you and your best friend, whoever right. it is, you and I, right. we can read off each other. Yeah. I know when you're ready, you know, to tell me to shut up and, and, and move on <laughs> to the next topic. I can sense it. Yeah. And it's the same way. With I've never told you to shut up, by the No, way. you have. Okay. You know, okay. But you, you give me the look a couple okay. of times, okay. which is fine. Okay. You know? But that's because – you can give me the look, and I know the look. See, but that's just it. Deshaun yeah. Jackson has to be able to give James Winston a look. Yes. And it, and James has to be able to click and say, okay, I know what that means, right. and vice versa. And the only way that happens uh, with two guys who have never been together before like that is to spend a lot of time together working on the field and throwing passes to each other and adjusting to, to different uh, uh, defenses and things like that and coverages. And, and, and how does he, you know, how does Deshaun Jackson respond to this coverage? What does he do when he's being pressed? What does he do? You know, what does he do off the line? Those little things have to be learned. And that's why it's important for a player like that to be here and why I still believe, and I'll say it, you know, for as long as I, uh, I'm, I'm allowed, uh, <laughs> You know, I think last year Deshaun Jackson not being here caused him to have uh, a subpar season. And and it didn't help James Winston either, and it didn't help the Buccaneers. When you look at this football team, we had, you know, not we, but many around the country had high expectations for the Buccaneers at this point. I mean, so many things were pointing in their favor. They were excited about Deshaun Jackson. You know, a lot of the young stars, they felt like were ready to take that next step. Many took a step back. How do you feel about this Bucks team now? compared to how you felt about them a year ago? I was one of those who was excited about last year's team. Uh, coming off the 9-7 and seven season the year before, I thought this team was ready to take the next step to be a, a playoff contender, uh, a playoff participant. I thought they were good enough to win 10 or 11 games uh, and good enough to go a round or two into the playoffs. I feel even better about this team this year because I think they're hungrier, having learn from that lesson the, the guys you know the mike evans uh, of this team the the uh, the james winston um even guys like peyton barber who were just trying you know a year ago he's trying to make his way but they they learned from that they they got hungrier because of that i think that's important but also this team got better i, I think vita vea is a an upgrade i think the the, the other players, you know, Bo Allen, yeah. Unrine, some of the other guys. Uh, that secondary. Added, the secondary. Better, yeah. yeah uh, just the additions have made this team better. It's a deeper team. It's a better, more talented football team on paper. What they've got to do is they've got to learn how to take what 
is on paper and what should you know translate into 9, 10, 11, 12 wins and actually do it on the field and get themselves back into the playoff mix. I, I think the Buccaneers uh, not getting a lot of attention this year. Last year, they were everybody's darling yeah. team. They were the darling team. They got on hard knocks. Everybody was in love with them. Yeah. Now everybody's kind of, you know, the, 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 the shine is off the, the rose or however you want to say that phrase, whatever it is. And uh, <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but but you know what? Yeah. Watch out because this rose is ready to bloom again. Right. Well, you know, I like the optimism, but here's my thing. Rarely do you see this in an NFL team. There's there's often pressure on a head coach. There's often pressure on the general manager if there's pressure on the head coach. But sometimes you don't have it three ways. You may have a, a quarterback where it doesn't matter what happens to the head coach or the GM. You know They're still going to be fine. I look at this as a very unique situation where there's pressure on Jameis Winston. It's year four. It's a huge year for him. And his year really dictates a lot of people at one buck place. So you have the quarterback, you have the head coach, and you have the general manager. Now, Dirk Cutter was asked you know, after one of the practices in minicamp that – you know about the expectations. He says, "I don't, I don't listen to it either way." Well, you know he does. Yeah. You know he, every, he everybody has to listen to that. That's your livelihood. That's your job. But I thought that was a unique perspective that the quarterback, the GM, and the head coach. It's rare that heat is on all three, really. Yeah, it, it, there's no doubt. And uh, look, they're all married to one another. Yeah. I mean, and you wonder, you know, if Jameis Winston has a great season, but for some reason the Bucks go six and ten. You know, what do they do? I mean, you've got that piece, but does that mean that you change the coach? Because what if the coach that you, you're going to have to bring in a coach that believes in that quarterback, you're going to have to bring in a general manager that believes in that quarterback. So, yeah, you've got a very interesting dynamic here. My personal belief is that, again, it's all going to work out in favor of all three of those people. I think Jason Lights did a, trem- done a tremendous job. I think Dirk Cutter is doing a very good job. And I think James Winston continues to grow. I think that the ascension of all three of those people – and the way they've handled their jobs, I think, will continue this year. And I don't think it'll be an issue. But if it does become an issue, what do the Glazers do? It's really a tough call. The easy answer, I suppose, is you fire the coach, I guess, and go get somebody else that you think can do the job. But at the end of the day, better be careful with that because James Winston uh, has continued to progress. Even last year, the numbers may not show it, but he was hurt. Let's not forget that. But at the end of the season, you took take a look. He continues to progress with Dirk Cutter as the primary uh, voice in his ear. And I think you can't lose sight of that because uh, if you want to get the most out of Jameis Winston, uh, you better not start messing around with who's coaching him every Sunday because uh, that, that'll have an impact. And it's interesting when you look at a quarterback or a head coach, uh, you may want to make a change, but who, like you said, who's going to be better? Who's going to be better than Dirk Cutter? Who's going to be better than Jameis Winston? These young quarterbacks with so much potential don't grow on trees, but the bottom line is it's year number four and he has so many question marks, and I have to ask you this. We talked about this during the draft. We talked about during OTAs, and here we are, my friend, in mid-June. Uh, you know, Training camp is almost a month away, and we still haven't heard about this investigation yeah. with Jameis Winston. And he was asked about it, and he's very professional when asked. Yeah. And he gives us the same answer. I'm worried about football. And obviously he can't disclose – too many things we haven't heard where you know whether he has met with the NFL. He hasn't said that. He has said you know numerous times he hasn't. Um, but boy, it's just you know, and I keep hearing from you know guys like Ian Rappaport who are very entrenched with agents in the league. This could linger in the training camp. And, and I mean, could that be a distraction? And are you amazed that it's lasted this long? 
I'm, I'm shocked that it's lasted this long. In fact, if I'm the Glazers, if I'm uh, Jason Light, if I'm Dirk Cutter, I am pounding on the doors at, uh, at the NFL offices. I am ringing up Roger Goodell and saying, look, I've got a football team to take care of here. You are creating an unfair situation for us by not letting us know who our quarterback's going to be. And uh, I think it's something that really has to be addressed throughout the league uh, and how these things are handled. There's no reason in the world that this should take this long. It's not that difficult. I mean, we're not investigating whether, you know, the president uh, colluded with Russia here, you know, right. I mean, uh, yeah. there's three people involved. Okay. Yeah. And either you believe their stories or you don't yeah. um, let's move on here and, and get a decision because I think it's ho- horribly unfair to this team that they don't know what the answer is going to be and whether they're going to have their quarterback. Now, look, you know, from one standpoint, yeah, you can say, okay, you treat it like you, like an injury. And, and if you have to move on with another quarterback for two, three, four, five games, uh, you do it. But still, at the end of the day, you shouldn't have to wait to know that until, you know, well into training camp. Yeah. Again, this is an investigation that should have taken no more than a couple of weeks to figure out. Um, you know, I've I've heard both sides. I've heard both sides. I've heard one side say that the fact that it's taken so long is good news. That, yeah. You know, they really they, they, they can't find anything and they're just making sure that they've got every, you know, done all the work they can. And I've heard the other side saying, well, it's taken a long time. They're really digging in deep and, you know, they probably got some some stuff and, you know, they got a double, triple and, you know, quadruple check it. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if that's the case. I don't know which what, what is the case. All I know is to my opinion, it's horribly unfair to this team, and it would be unfair to every other team in the NFL. And I think it's why owners in particular have to really get strong and together and, and figure out a way to fix this kind of stuff. It shouldn't be going on. It's amazing because this this team really doesn't have that many distractions. You don't have any contract issues going into training camp. This really is the big question mark going into training camp. Is this going to be finished? And It's almost like waiting on a trial. And you, you mentioned the, the positives and negatives. When you have a trial sometimes, is the jury deliberating a long time? Maybe that's good news or bad. Well, the jury's the NFL and Roger Goodell. Well, listen, my friend, training camp is right around the corner. Football's right around the corner. We've been with you, myself and Roy Cummings, PeterPyrus.com, all offseason with the NFL draft, with OTAs and minicamp. We have some really fun segments coming up, so keep it here on PeterPyrus.com. We're going to keep doing podcasts. We're going to keep you uh, up to date on anything breaking with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but uh, try to take some time off, will you? I'll try. You know, we're into that uh, that one-month uh, rest period that the NFL gives you every year uh, from the middle of June till the end of July. Yeah. That's yeah. about it. I talked to a Bucks employee, and they said they shut it down here on the 4th of July. A lot of the employees get time off, too. So everybody's getting away from football. Well, listen, keep it here on PeterPyrus.com. We appreciate you listening to our podcast, A Few Extra Bucks. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors. And until next time, for Roy Cummings, I'm Mike Neighbors. We will see you down the road.